What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Tuesday, September 20th. I'm Josie Duffy-Rice. And I'm Abdul Al-Sayed. And this is What A Day, where we've been feeling sort of lost ever since we learned that the lead singer of Maroon 5 is not a good husband. Yes, Adam Levine apparently cheated on his wife, who's a model, with a model. We should have kind of known if it was called Maroon 5 that there were three extra people there. That's true. She should have known what she was getting into. On today's show, parts of Puerto Rico are underwater and still without power in the wake of Hurricane Fiona. Plus, Adnan Syed, whose murder case was featured on the podcast Serial, was freed from prison. But first, Queen Elizabeth II was laid to rest, marking the end to the 10 days of public mourning since her death on September 8th. And also the end to the very, 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 very long queue for the public to pay their respects to her coffin in London. And as you can imagine, Abdul, the funeral, with all its pomp and circumstance, commanded a fair amount of attention. Millions of people in the UK alone watched the televised event, as did over a billion people around the world. I hear that there were lots of heads of state present at the service, too. That is correct. At least a dozen heads of states were there, including President Joe Biden. The vice president of China went, which feels like a low-key insult. And also giving the event some authoritarian flair were President Erdogan of Turkey and President Bolsonaro of Brazil. The crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, was invited but did not attend. Dude's not even a king yet and thinks he doesn't have to show up to a royal funeral. At the end of the day, though, I feel like... His sense of Queen Elizabeth was that she wasn't despotic enough, right? Like if you're yeah. not murdering and dismembering people in a foreign country, then yeah. you're not doing it right, according to him. Yeah. He needs a little bit more monarchy with his monarchy. Anyway, I imagine all of this couldn't have been cheap. Yeah. I would assume they were not going for frugal here. So how much did the whole funeral cost? Okay. So honestly, we don't know. The British government hasn't made that number public yet. They've only said they'll give details, quote, in due course. But there are some estimates. It's expected to cost more than the service for her mother, which cost about $6 million when she died in 2002. It's also expected to cost more than the last state funeral in the UK, which was for Winston Churchill in 1965. Fun fact, Margaret Thatcher did not get a state funeral. She made it clear before she died she didn't want one because of the cost. Maybe the only good cost-related decision she ever made. Yeah. Overall, estimates say that the events of the past few days will cost taxpayers about 10 million pounds, which is almost $11.5 million, which frankly seems kind of like a lowball to me when you think of all the security costs, et cetera. And this is during a time when the cost of living is going up for everyone across the UK, plus interest rate hikes and the pound hitting a 37-year low on Wednesday. But that is actually only the beginning of the cost here. See, I lived in the UK for a couple of years, and the only thing that's cheap there is the stuff that's subsidized, which, to be fair, this whole thing was subsidized by government. Yeah, so there's that. Exactly. Exactly. So, Josie, talk to us about the other costs. So there are also the costs of replacing the Queen's face on basically everything. Everything features the Queen in England. Paper currency, the stamps, the coins, the phone booths. So now all of that will feature Charles, and you know the transition over will not be cheap. Plus, the crown estate, basically like the royal family, 
has a truly infuriating amount of money, about 18 billion pounds in assets that now has to change hands. So that's a whole other pot of money that's being affected right now. But Abdul, enough about all the money we will never see. I want to hear your thoughts about the Queen's death and about all of the hullabaloo that has surrounded the past few days. Look, I got to be honest with you. My grandparents grew up under British colonialism in Egypt, and that era only ended after Britain tried and failed to overthrow Egypt's president in a coup after he nationalized the Suez Canal, which, by the way, is entirely in Egypt. So much of the conflict that we see now in post-colonial countries in Asia, Africa, the Middle East are the result of arbitrary lines drawn in the name of Her Majesty the Queen. While I think Queen Elizabeth herself did the best she could and oversaw the largest decolonization in British history, she represented an institution we really shouldn't be glorifying in 2022. Look, I have no doubts that she was a nice person, and yet we can both praise the woman and be honest about the institution she represented. But so much of the coverage we've heard and seen does work for the monarchy. The pomp and the circumstance, the glitz and the glamour, it pushes a fairy tale that somehow everyone deep down wants to believe in. It was all built on the backs of slaves and colonies and dehumanizing racism. So maybe less praise for the crown and more conversation about all the people the crown has exploited. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, I would also be a nice old lady if I didn't really have a job and had $18 billion. And like 10 corgis. I mean, I'm yeah, just saying, right? I would be so nice. Imagine your corgis had butlers. Because, like, that's basically the situation there. Exactly. I feel like she lived a pretty good life. Yeah. Meanwhile, in this country, President Joe Biden was in my hometown in Michigan for the North American International Auto Show and sat down for, well, we'll call it an expansive interview with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes. Among many doozies, President Biden dropped this bomb. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It just, this man, he's really unpredictable. That is a kind of wild thing to say because the pandemic isn't over. As far as I knew, I thought people were still dying of COVID. I thought we were still in a pandemic. So please, Abdul, tell me what this means. Well, most of the time when a journalist walks you into an answer, you don't just word for word say what he said. But hey, you know, you're absolutely right, Josie. People are definitely still dying of COVID. And for over the past two weeks alone, nearly 400 people a day have died of COVID-19 here in the United States. And that's on top of the daily average of more than 30,000 people who've been hospitalized during that period. So no, it's not over. What I think President Biden is getting at is that cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are down over the past several weeks. And that's despite the fact that most experts, myself included, thought that there might be a spike in COVID cases in the fall, like there has been every fall since the pandemic started. And well, that's good news. Very good news. So how should we be thinking about the pandemic at this stage? Personally, I really like the way that WHO Secretary General Tedros Ghebreyesus put it. We're not there yet, but... The end is in sight. A marathon runner does not stop when the finish line comes into view. She runs harder with all the energy she has left. There are fewer COVID deaths now than there were at any time since 2020. But we've got to sprint through the finish line 
as Secretary General Ghebreyesus put it. And the Biden administration knows this. It's why they requested another $22 billion from Congress to support testing, treatment, and new vaccines, which, by the way, Congress has yet to fund in case we do get another surge this fall. President Biden's comments didn't really help that case. Yeah. And that's probably why the White House is now aggressively downplaying his remarks, saying that there's no plan to lift the national public health emergency just yet. Yeah. So when people hear that, but they also know it's not over, but they know it's better, like, what should people be thinking about as they go into the fall? Like, what should they be doing? Today would be a good day to get your next vaccine dose if you haven't gotten it already. Even if cases aren't increasing, we still want to be careful as a new variant could still yet emerge. Remember, this virus has a lot of tricks up its sleeve. While it may just have worn out the usefulness of the Omicron set of variants, there could always be a whole new set around the corner. It's better to be safe than sorry. Oh, and while you're at it, get your flu shot too. I'm all flu shotted up. That makes me happy. Anyway, that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD.
let's get to some headlines. Headlines. First, an update on Hurricane Fiona. As we go to record tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, about 100,000 people in Puerto Rico have had their electricity restored. But the majority of the island is still without power and could be for several days. Governor Pedro Pierluisi told reporters on Monday that at least two people have died and rescue efforts are underway to help residents stranded by flooding. President Biden pledged that he would send more federal workers to Puerto Rico in the wake of the widespread damage. And Dean Criswell, the head of FEMA, is scheduled to travel to the island today. Meanwhile, Fiona is still on the move. Yesterday, the Dominican Republic declared a state of emergency after the hurricane triggered heavy rainfall and landslides there. Fiona is expected to pass through the Turks and Caicos Islands today, and forecasters say the storm could grow into a Category 3 hurricane or higher by Wednesday. A Russian missile came close to hitting another nuclear plant in Ukraine on Monday. Now, this isn't the Zaporizhia nuclear plant we've discussed on the show before. Monday's airstrike hit the area surrounding the South Ukraine nuclear power plant, which is the second largest atomic energy facility in that country. The attack damaged some industrial equipment near the plant, but thankfully none of the plant's reactors or employees were harmed. This comes after Russian President Vladimir Putin threatened to attack more Ukrainian infrastructure last week. Ukrainian authorities declared yesterday's missile attack an act of, quote, nuclear terrorism. Russian officials have yet to respond to those accusations. But also, who fires missiles near a nuclear power plant? Like, Yeah, it's not. An American held hostage in Afghanistan was freed in exchange for a prominent member of the Taliban yesterday morning. Mark Freyricks, a Navy veteran and civilian contractor, was kidnapped over two years ago and was believed to be held by a terror group connected to the Taliban. In exchange, U.S. authorities released Bashir Nurzai, who had been convicted of drug trafficking back in 2008 and was serving a life sentence in the United States. This is the first prisoner swap since the Taliban retook power last year. Both sides had been privately negotiating the exchange for months, and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the same work will be done to free other Americans detained abroad. A federal judge said that ousted Florida prosecutor Andrew Warren will not get his job back, at least for now, following his suspension by the state's governor and lead Mickey Mouse antagonist Ron DeSantis. DeSantis suspended Warren last month because Warren wouldn't prosecute people under laws punishing abortion and trans health care. Warren challenged the decision in court, saying it violated his right to free speech. The judge hearing the case denied Warren's request for a preliminary injunction, and it looks like the dispute will head to trial in the next few months. Among the outrageous things that Ron DeSantis does all of the time, this is one of the worst. Yeah. It's really such a violation of discretion and such an impediment on the rights of the system to decide what they want to go after. I feel like Duce should figure out if he's getting one of those uh, free flights to Martha's Vineyard that the governor seems to be so interested in spending $13,000 a pop on. Right. That very well might be its own crime. I can tell you that if Andrew Warren were over-prosecuting people, no one would take his job away. It's only when they think he's quote-unquote under-prosecuting, which he's not, that they get upset. Disgusting. On that note, over-prosecuting, Adnan Syed, who was featured in the wildly popular podcast Serial, walked out of prison yesterday for the first time in over 20 years. If you're not familiar with the case, Syed was convicted of the 1999 murder of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee. We mentioned on our show last week that Baltimore prosecutors filed a motion for a new trial because they said that the evidence in the original case wasn't properly handled. A judge agreed by vacating his conviction and ordered him to be released without bail. A crowd was waiting for him as he left the courthouse. Prosecutors now have 30 days to decide if they want a new trial. Meanwhile, the serial team announced that they're dropping a new episode to follow up on the case because one should never miss an opportunity to drop a new podcast episode. 
I have thoughts about the serial team's responsibility in their first podcast about this, but I will say I'm very excited for him and watching him walk into that crowd. That must be so overwhelming. He's mm-hmm. been in prison for over 20 years. It's going to be a lot. It's a lot to adjust to. And it's a lot of bated breath, given that prosecutors still have 30 days to decide if they want to try this again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it's exciting news. It it's is. very exciting it news is. for him. Georgia Republican Herschel Walker is employing a new strategy ahead of his Senate debate next month, making himself so pitiful that his opponent, Raphael Warnock, just wants to give him a hug. Walker agreed to the debate last week, and when asked what he's doing to prepare for it, he said this, quote, I'm not that smart. Warnock is a preacher. He is smart and wears these nice suits. So he is going to show up and embarrass me at the debate October 14th, and I'm just waiting to show up and I will do my best. Oh boy. Humility is great if your job isn't telling people you deserve to be in a position of massive power. Walker's campaign later said his comments were meant to be sarcastic, which if they were smart, they'd say about every statement he's made this year. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review. Don't be fooled by Herschel Walker's attacks on himself and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just Adam Levine's giant tattoo that says California, like <laughs> me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Abdul Al-Sayed. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And, and stay, stay strong, strong, Senator, Senator Warnock. Warnock. Stay dumb, Herschel Walker. Don't give in. I'm just waiting for Herschel Walker to, like, try and challenge him to some football-related antics. Oh, God. And then Warnock actually whoops his ass. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. That'd be incredible. (laughs) Man of God. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kachaka. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. With my busy life, I use shipped same-day delivery to keep up. When I need a jar of extra creamy peanut butter delivered, I know my personal shopper Amber will come through. And if it's not on the shelf, she asks them to check the bag. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at shipped.com.